G'day, I'm Shane. I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Adventures on the Road podcast, proudly partnered by On the Road magazine. This episode is sponsored by Jumpers and Jazz in July, a wonderfully quirky festival in Warwick, Queensland, on between July 18 to 28. See them at jumpersandjazz.com.au. Now let's get on the road with our first guest. Okay, so Jumpers and Jazz in July, what's it all about? Well, we're about to find out because I'm chatting with two of the busy volunteers at work on Jumpers and Jazz, and that's Pam and Beck. G'day, girls. How are you? G'day, Great to see you. Yeah, yeah, we're fantastic. Thank you. Excellent. All right. My first question to you is why, why would I want to come to Jumpers and Jazz in July? Well, Shane, it's Pam here, and I'd love to answer that question. Go for it, Pam. Jumpers and Jazz is uh, actually one of the the most quirkiest winter festivals in Queensland. So most people know Queensland is a very warm place, but we are fortunate enough to have the coldest winters in our region. So we have the frost, we have the, the, the chilly cold. So it's a wonderful opportunity for the people who live in those warmer climates to come and really enjoy some nice crisp winter weather whilst enjoying a whole array of various events so that really for the festival it's 10 days of color and quirky and fun and there's something for everyone um we whether you're a crafty person or a jazz person or you're a car or motorbike enthusiast or there's there's just some there's alternatives and options for everyone of all ages so um, and the really exciting thing is is that a heck of a lot of the events are actually free. So for people on low budgets, they can come along and be a part of the, the vibe and the buzz of the festival without actually spending any money. But, of course, we encourage people to spend money as well because that's what's going to bless our community and our local businesses. Okay. So, Beth, what are the key features we can look forward to? Well, hi, Shane. Yeah, look, there's two big weekends, of course, that bookend the 10 days, but we'll talk about that a little bit later, what's specifically on those weekends. But all through the week as well and through those weekends, there are events happening at cafes and restaurants, at dinners, and, of course, all this is available online on our website, which we'll talk about later, and the whole program is available there, and uh, including cafes and restaurants. But when people come, the first thing they see is the street vibe. It's just kaleidoscope of colour. Oh, there's over 100 of our deciduous trees, which are now nicely, quirkily yarn-bombed and dressed up for winter. So it lines the CBD street and around the corner everywhere. They are just so colourful. It's actually a competition, and people have gone to a lot of trouble to get this. It's an art form in itself. And then over at the art gallery, they, the Yarntopians, as they're called, they have been meeting for months. And every year they do up this brilliant installation in the foyer of the gallery, which is always a surprise until it's revealed on the first Thursday of the festival. This year we know it's called Off the Grid, and but everything in there will be crocheted, knitted, and it's always a really big focus of the festival. And on top of that, there's just these top jazz performers that come from all over uh, southern Queensland especially, but the north coast of Queensland as well. And uh, they are top performers and a lot of that is free uh, out on the streets, often three stages up and down the streets and in Leslie Park on the weekends. Wow. 
from all over Australia, a lot of them come just for the jazz. So people are coming for the quirky yarn bombing, they're coming for our grand car display, which happens on one weekend, we're coming for the jazz. And so husbands and wives in particular are very happy because they all they all get what they need. <laughs> so it's it's a huge festival, just plenty happening every right through the 10 days. Okay, now I've got to ask, I've heard this term, both you ladies use it a couple of times and I've heard it used elsewhere, yarn bombing, bombing. What's this yarn bombing? Mm, good question. <clears throat> you should Google it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, girls. Come on. No, 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 happy, happy to tell you about it. So um, it's uh, where you... Um, Crafters will create knitting, crocheting, um, it could be, you know, other recyclable material and they use their knitting and, and crocheting skills to put this fibre, various ranges of fibre art together to create um, like a jumper, you know, a, around a tree or a, a pole or... Um, we've had previous years, we had a car, a, a, a combi van and a caravan that were yarn, fully yarn bombed. So it's basically anything gets covered with yarn. It's called yarn bombing. And it's, it's an art form in itself. It's really taking off all around the world. Uh, I think we were probably not the first, but we were certainly in the very much the forerunners here in Australia with um, with developing up the yarn bombing as, as an art form, as a public art form. And, of course, Warwick just embraced it, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. We own it. We own <laughs> jumpers and jazz and yarn bombing in the streets. <laughs> okay. So for those who haven't, who have visited before and perhaps do know what we're talking about, they'll be perhaps interested in what's new to look forward to. So what, what have you got to fill us in on there? Yeah, well, like um, any good vibrant festival, we try to retain some of the aspects that we know people love, but we also want to keep it vibrant and new and energetic. So we've created two new events this year, which is pretty brave for a bunch of volunteers. So on the first Friday, the 19th, we're having what we have titled Jumpin' Jazz Laneway Party. So this is the launch event for the whole of the festival and we are hosting it in the historic town hall in the main street of Warwick and down the laneway. So we'll have local food vendors there showcasing local produce. We'll have a couple of local wineries there so people can come along and taste test and enjoy the, um, the local granite belt wines. We'll have our local Granite Belt Brewery is attending and they have created a spiced pumpkin ale, which they say is really rocking it. So um, we're inviting people to come and um, enjoy the delicious food that will be on available, but also too we'll have some fantastic musicians. Uh, so there'll be a dance floor in the town hall and there'll be opportunity for people to get their feet jumping to the lively jazz. 
this year we're very blessed actually to have a youth swing band from Kalamunda in Western Australia who will be our support act. So that will be a band of around 20 young adults, uh, very professional and well-trained musicians, and they will be the support act for the first part of the evening. And then Desi D and the Stingrays, they say that they are resurrected rhythm and blues. So they're very energetic, very colourful, lots of fun, very engaging. So it's really an, an awesome night to get involved with and that's that runs... It's an early night, so it finishes up around nine, so people have still got a chance to get themselves back into their warm accommodation, have a good night's sleep, ready for the next day. So that's on the Friday the 19th. And then the, the second weekend, the Saturday the 27th, we've got Twilight Jazz in the Park. And we created that event because last year it was kind of warm in the street and we had visitors saying, oh, I'm so disappointed that I'm not wearing my beanies and my scarves and my jackets and because it's a bit warm. And we had to agree with them. So Warwick is blessed that we have very lovely winter days generally. So it's nice to be out in the, in the gentle, warm sunshine through the day. But it does get chilly at night, very chilly. So it's about, you know, rugging up under the stars and enjoying some a fantastic night. The headline act for that event is uh, Robin Brown, who's doing a Down by the Riverside showcase. Uh, what she does with that is that she chooses a couple of artists from, from the past and she'll perform their, their, their music but she gives a little bit of a, a snapshot background. The audience can understand, like, where did that come from? Why was that written? What was the meaning behind it? What, what part of the world did it come from? So it just gives, it's not too much talking, but just enough to sort of, you know, tweak the interest of, of the audience. So we've also very fortunate in that we've got some amazing support from local businesses, two of the event uh, management companies here are sponsoring us both for the for the launch event and for the um, for the twilight event, and so they'll be styling those two events for us. So it is going to be it is going to go off like a bomb. It's going to be fantastic. So when we come there, I mean, there's obviously a lot to see and do. Have you got any advice for us about where to stay, and and you know, are there plenty of things to do in the region as well, so we can make a real trip of it? So, uh, yeah, just talking about the, the drives, it certainly is a, an attraction. It's a real magnet, actually, for RVers and caravanners, campers. It has been for many years in the whole region. So even getting here, uh, if you're coming from the Gold Coast, you've got the scenic rim to drive through or coming from Brisbane area, coming over the Gap. So Cunningham's Gap, beautiful views from there. But when you get here, we've got historic itself because Warwick was the first place actually settled uh, east of Brisbane uh, back in those early over the ranges. West. i got to say, hopefully it was west. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, west of Brisbane uh, and over the range. So this was the first area. So we have lovely historic sandstone buildings and um, old properties, Glendellon Homestead to go look at. But then down in Stanthorpe, 45 minutes away, you've got the famous wineries uh, and all that granite belt region, Viraween Park with this dramatic granite rock landscapes, bald rock further south. Uh, to the east of us is Kalani up in the ranges, absolutely beautiful uh, views up there. You've got the Condamine Head, as they call it, looking over the valley of where the Condamine starts. 
Kalani Falls. The pristine drives around here just are quite jaw-dropping. And then you've got all the little villages around which have their own history. And Allara, in fact, has its own festival happening on the first we same first weekend as we have. They're sharing the first Saturday. So uh, that's going to be lots and lots of drives to do, whether during the week or afterwards or before. Yeah, plenty to see in the area, that's for sure. Okay, so it sounds like a good destination for about three weeks to have a great time up, up here in the in the cooler climate. Now, I've heard something about this Potter's Soup night. What's that? Okay, so on the last the Thursday night, the last Thursday night, uh, it's a special event that happens out at the Potter's building where they have oh, yes. a special place, Potter's Place, where they make pottery all year. And they, when you come there for this soup night, you actually purchase your own handmade soup bowl, which has been fired, coloured. They're absolutely beautiful. And you can go back and get as many helpings as you like. But, um, and there's live jazz by the Blue Violets, a, a charming duet of ladies that are festival favourites here. They are singing away there with their particular style swing jazz uh, through the night. It's not a late night, so people just turn up. They um, are nicely warmed around the place. They have these beautiful soups in their specially crafted soup bowls, which they get to wash and take home. So it's a real souvenir. Excellent. Yeah, it's a, it's a great night. It's very popular. Now, something for the motor enthusiasts. What are, there's something there for the motor enthusiasts, isn't there? Yeah, there sure is. So on the first weekend, uh, and we're talking about Sunday the 21st of July, uh, there's the Grand Automobile Display. And it's got now over 200 cars registered it has become incredibly popular over the years it just grows and grows it takes over the whole of palmer and street our main street and down into leslie park as well you've got all the major car clubs representative plus the big muscle cars the v8s are down in the park we have three stages of jazz happening all day that are free and with el fresco opportunity out the front for you to have your your food and your, your drinks um, your coffee and so forth in all those different places if you just want to sit and listen to jazz but or and then people and just wander through and talk to the owners of these beautiful shiny cars and um, old historic motorbikes and there's always something special that is brought in for the event our councillor Eve Stocks is a car racer herself and she organizes this event and she always brings in something very special uh, for the event, that's a bit of a surprise. So we're all waiting to hear that surprise this year as well. So we don't know what it is yet? No. It's always a bit of an unveiling of the surprise. Ooh, a bit of intrigue and mystery. So last year they had the, the car from Back to the Future, oh, which was pretty amazing. Yeah. Just wait with bated breath for this year. Okay. Now, kids... Obviously, the kids are going to be well looked after, as all festivals and events tend to do. But what have you got that's perhaps a little bit different for the kids' activities? Okay. <clears throat> How does ponies in pyjamas sound to you? Ponies in pyjamas. Okay. I've got, a, I've got a mental picture, but I don't know that it might be as accurate as uh, if you describe it to me. Well, we may have to encourage your listeners to come and 
find out if their mental your mental picture matches the reality of what ponies in pajamas look like. So we have a local uh, school chaplain who um, works at four different schools in the region, and uh, she uses horse therapy to uh, work with some of the more at risk and vulnerable students at the schools that she's that she works at. And so she um, is going to have her ponies and little and little and a little cart so that the children can actually go in a pony cart ride with the ponies who are dressed in crocheted and knitted pajamas. Oh wow, that, that sounds great. Yes. So we also have we do again the local potters are just wonderful in how they collaborate with us for the festival. And uh, they have a stall in the kids' zone section and have um, hand-moulding clay and they allow the children to design their own piece, their own little sculpture. And they take the kids' details and they actually um, take them back to Potter's Place and fire them for them and arrange for them to be returned to them. So it's a very special little privilege and look, following up from that, Shane, the kids just love exploring those trees because there's so many little quirky things that on the trees themselves. But over at the art gallery, uh, in their garden and in their big tree outside, like they always make this this quirky unbombing also involves little animals, Australiana animals, mm. and picnic settings. And it's about what can you see, what, what can, can you, you find. find? The treasures and last year their special unveiling was flamingos and they had these little flamingos everywhere and a little jazz band flamingo jazz band <laughs> so it's really quirky okay so to me it sounds like there's plenty to see plenty to do plenty to listen to now i can see that that's going to build up a little bit of an appetite obviously some of the restaurants and cafes in town do, do they get involved as well Yep, they sure do. They um, they love jumpers and jazz because they run off their feet. All of the cafes come on board with you know providing excellent service to to our visitors to the festival. But we also um, we'll have other food vendors in the street at the at the all of the individual events. But one of our features of the whole festival is. Some, an event we're calling Celebration of Local Flavours. It was it was the new event last year. In that, in the main street there, we will have um, local producers and we will also have a number of the Granite Belt wineries and hopefully one or two of the breweries as well. The wines and the beers, they'll be able to taste test. It, it has been a little, I have to say it has been a little challenging. A lot of our producers that would normally uh, have a stall are uh, unable to participate this year because of the drought. So they've lost, they've had to destock or they haven't been able to produce anything. And that's probably one of the reasons why we are, we're saying to, to your listeners, we really want people to come and support the celebration of local flavours because the producers are doing it tough. I heard one man say that he spent has spent $800,000 buying water for his crops to keep them going this season that's in this region here so we need people we want people to come and support our local producers and our local growers and um and and where possible become customers you know 
Uh, we're also, the other exciting thing is, is that we're, there will be a Southern Downs food map that will actually be launched at the celebration of local flavours. So that's where, you know, you get a map that says, oh, you can go and do all these tours around um, of all the local producers in the Southern Downs region. So everything from, you know, beef, lamb, pork, goat, eggs. Stop it, you're making me hungry. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, coming from the Southern Downs, of course, it's all top quality and beautiful products. Okay. Well, look, it's nearly time to wrap up, but the grand finale in the park quickly fill us in about the grand finale in the park. So that's uh, mostly run every year by the potters and they organise these uh, amazing eclectic markets and there's over 200 market stalls. It's just growing every 200 stalls? 270. 270 we're up to now. <laughs> sorry, 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 I was wrong. 270, right? Okay, I've, I've made a note. 270. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's just amazing and people can spend all day there if they want to just browsing the stalls because it's so eclectic variety and a lot of that quirky yarn bombing involved as well but many other things but on the just on the side of the park at the east stage there's jazz all day again and so people can just come in for a very minimal fee and have their own for five dollars and they've got alfresco they can sit there all day if they want to and listen to this top jazz people just come and there's wine and coffee and cheese and food again food vans there for that so that whole day is at Leslie Park and it's just it's a big finale and we have some of our top jazz players there on that last day. Okay, so there you've got it everyone. Jumpers and Jazz in July in Warwick. Now if you're wanting to find out some more details other than what the three of us have been chatting about, you can of course go to their website which is www.jumpersandjazz dot com dot au or their facebook page now some of the events that we mentioned girls obviously there are uh, paid tickets involved they can book those tickets through warwicktickets.com.au is that correct yes that is correct and we do encourage people to purchase online if they can like there will be tickets available at the door but to help us with our cater and the caterers to actually be able to be sure. prepared, we'd really love people to book online if they can. But and it makes it so much easier. Then you can just wander in and hand your ticket whenever you're ready. Hey, exactly, exactly. And they're absolutely assured that they'll get in because they both of those ticketed events um, do have caps on the numbers. So once we reach capacity, we won't be able to take any more in. So if they're keen to come. Please, you know, if you if they've got the capacity to do it online, please do it. Otherwise, we will look forward to greeting them at the door. All righty. So, everyone, rug up, pack up, and let's see you in Warwick for the Jumpers and Jazz in July. Thank you. Thank you, look Shane. Look forward to seeing you. Be there with my beanie on. <laughs> so next up, we're going to start a series of quick snippets showcasing Western Australia. And for those of you wanting information on the places Michael mentions, see our episode four page on adventuresontheroad.com.au. This episode will begin with Michael Collins, who works with Tourism Western Australia, promoting caravanning and camping. G'day, Michael. How are you going? G'day, Shane. How are you, mate? I'm really good. So for someone travelling to WA from the East Coast, what, what tips would you give them? 
Um, oh, look, there's quite a few, but I, I think one understand that you're going to go through a quarantine station to start with on the uh, on the border between uh, WA and South Australia. You know, don't stock up in South Australia that come into WA. Fresh fruit, vegetables, uh, honey, all that sort of stuff, it will get confiscated. Nuts, some nuts will be confiscated. So that's one thing. The other thing I think is the size of our state. We're a big state and we rely heavily on the resources sector. Um, so we've got a lot of big road trains. So, you know, be courteous on the road. Understand that these big triple dolly trucks and quads, you know, that could be up to 70 metres long, you know, they need a bit of uh, time to stop or move out on the road. So be careful and cautious of those guys and take your time. All right. So you've obviously spent a lot of time promoting Western Australia. But what's what's one of your favourite destinations in WA? Oh, look, that's really we're, – we're blessed here in WA. Um, it's really hard to pull out a favourite, you know. If I wanted that romantic trip, my wife and I would probably go off to Broome and, you know, sit on Cable Beach um, or into the southwest or there's nothing better than, you know, the Ningaloo Reef. But can I tell you, one of the all-time favourites for me and, and my wife as well is um, is out in our goldfields and uh, there's a, um, a trail called the Goldfields Discovery Trail. So I really like to do a loop that goes uh, out from Perth into Kalgoorlie, um, visiting, I mean, Kalgoorlie, you know, the, the gold field and the gold rush was 120 years ago. So there's an enormous amount of, of the gold rush history in Kalgoorlie. But, you know, make my way through the northern gold fields, um, going through places like Broad Arrow, and, you know, they, it's just an incredible amount of history that goes out there. Sadly, there's a little um, pub out there called Orabanda, which burnt down a few a few weeks back, which is pretty sad. But you know, you've got Lake Ballard, where it's a big salt lake, and and um, uh, an artist, Anthony Gormley, has put fifty of the statuettes, all representing the local indigenous uh, uh, community, and they're all scattered around this uh, Lake Ballard. But uh, Leonora and Laverton, or uh, Gwalia for that matter. And Gwalia is uh, a historic gold mining town left almost as it was, you know, 120 years ago. It's quite incredible. So the history out there in the gold fields is is something that attracts me. The night skies are beautiful. Um, It's got a real rugged honesty about it. So, you know, for me, that becomes my favourite. And we try and do a loop that gets us back to the coast um, through a few mining towns and then back into somewhere like Geraldton on the coast and then make our way back down, uh, back into Perth from there. But uh, if I was going to say a favourite, um, just from a camping point of view, out there in the goldfields uh, has got it for me. So have you got a personal on-the-road tip, something that you've come across yourself personally and think now this this is a a gem this is this is a a bit of gold you know probably the biggest thing i mean i like i i don't want to have a grill every single night of the week when i uh, when i'm out on the road i like to eat well and i like to uh, to drink well and and i think one of the best things that i've ever done was invest in a vacuum seal machine you know i vacuum seal soups casseroles, 
curries, you know, mashed potato, all, all sorts of things. And I find that if I do that and prepare well in advance, and that's the thing, prepare in advance, um, if I do that and I've got a lot of Cryvact product that I can um, rely on when I'm out on the road, I've actually got more room in my fridge for white wine or my gin or whatever else that needs to be frozen and, and refrigerated that allows us to enjoy those fineries in life when we're out in the middle of nowhere. Well, thanks for that, Michael. I think um, you've certainly whet our appetite uh, to come and visit the great state of Western Australia. I look forward to seeing you on the road sometime. Oh, look, thanks, mate. But, you know, just for me, there's some of those simple things in life that make it uh, so much better. So, yes, I look forward to seeing you on the road, my friend. You have a safe journey. Bye for now. Bye for now. Well, that's just a quick taste of what we have coming up for Western Australia. Now let's get cooking with the quick cook-up brought to you by Thermal Cookware, famous for their Shuttle Chef cooker. Okay, let's talk about some recipes. Okay, okay, I've got a couple of simple ones here that, um, see, most people are concerned that they believe this is a new way to cook, whereas in actual fact, you do not have to change the way you cook at all. What you're going to change is when it is you cook it. So if you consider that, the saucepans are still saucepans, They've got a really heavy base on them. They'll fit onto any gas stove or an outside barbecue, weather queue, anything you like. So you're just going to treat the saucepans like an ordinary saucepan. But once you get your ingredients up to boiling, it can then go into the outer container and the thermos will do the cooking for you. So I've got one really simple one here that a lot of people, when they're on the road, use it, especially when they're talking about that happy hour situation. If you want something to nibble on when you're out there or to come back to when you have finally finished. And this one's just simple marinated chicken wings. So if you can imagine this, you've got a saucepan. Uh, you're going to put a kilo of chicken wings in there, either those wingettes or, or complete wings. You can even use it with drumsticks if you like. But I find those little wingettes are, are more finger food, if you like. So a kilo of chicken wings into the saucepan. I use that honey soy marinade. You can buy it from Fountain or from any number of the others from the uh, supermarket. Or you could make your own smoky barbecue, whatever you like with it. But basically, what you're going to do is have a, a marinade that you're going to pour all over the top of it. So you're going to pour that over the top with about a half a jar of water so that you make it a little bit more liquidy. Now, the nice thing about these chicken wings is pop it onto the stovetop, bring it to the boil slowly. When it starts to bubble gently, that's the marinade. A marinade is very, very thick, so you don't need a lot of heat into it at all. You just want it to bubble gently. When it's starting to bubble gently, all you're going to need is five minutes. Five minutes of bubbling gently. Now, the reason I stress five minutes is that if you give it six minutes or eight minutes or ten minutes, the chicken meat will fall off the wings. So when you go to pick it up to have that little bit of finger food, all you've got is a bone in your hand. So at five minutes, the meat will stay uh, hanging onto the bone, but it will come off very easy when you go to, uh, to eat it. So literally, you're going to bubble it away for five minutes on the stove gently and then take that saucepan off and put it inside the Shuffle Chef outer and close the lid down. Now, it's actually ready to eat in about an hour or so, but you can leave it for hours and hours and hours. Now, for most people, if they think that they're going to have a happy hour with friends over and you're going to be nibbling it about that four o'clock time, you can actually put it on at breakfast time or lunchtime if you wanted to. And when your friends come over, you've got your wine and you've got your um, chicken wings to nibble upon. 
Sounds delicious. Very simple. Very simple and very easy to do. You can find out more about the Shuttle Chef and thermal cooking at thermalcookware.com.au. Now, I'm having a quick chat about outback roads and safe travelling on them with Stefan from the Birdsville Police. We know the bash is very close and people will be planning, packing and departing for Birdsville very soon. So he will give us a few tips now and then on the 8th of July an extra mini episode will be released with a full update on all road conditions for those of you making the trek. So subscribe to the podcast and get it delivered to you as soon as it lands. Here are a couple of tips. Stefan, is there anything else that you think is important to get out there for people to be aware of about travelling to the bash this year that might be different from any other year? Uh, I don't think so with the bash. I mean, there's obviously there's people that have been before that come back out. There's a lot of new people that come. So, again, that that reminder on those roads. And, I mean, there's, there's a couple of other little things like, uh, which is one of my pet hates, is people that when you're passing each other coming on coming, it's just that, just slow down. It's a big dust cloud that both cars are leaving. They're spraying up rocks. If both people just slow down, the dust stops, the rocks stop, give each other a bit of a wave, and then you continue on. Big road trains is another one. Like, you just if you just pull over and just hop out of the way for five seconds, if you can get off the road, do it, as I do. Let the road train come through. Again, give him a bit of a wave. He'll be happy. Your car and you will be much happier, and you move on. Yeah, and just you, you get those people, you, you'll never stop them. Hopefully we get to talk to them, but you get those people that just for some reason, no matter what happens, they're in a hurry to get here. Again, just pull over and let them go past. Uh, let, let us deal with them when, when they come into town. We'll, um, we'll be looking out for them. So it's just that courtesy thing with all that dust and rock that's going on. Again, and just make sure people get here safely. So just be aware of what's going on, deal with it, and then, yeah, we'll see you in town. All right. We know that this year is going to be a little bit uh, different to other years because of the uh, the water that's been through and, it, and it's changed the, the landscape a bit. But the best thing is, of course, that uh, everyone's got to have a great time and just, you know, take it easy, take, take it slow, take a little bit longer to get there maybe, but enjoy the, the journey. Exactly. It's, uh, look, the destination's great, the concert's going to be great. Remember to hear the full episode with all the road conditions, out on the 8th of July. Well, that's all for this episode. Remember, if you're in southeast Queensland, put jumpers and jazz on your itinerary, 18 to 28 July. You won't be disappointed. There is something for everyone. You can subscribe to our partners, On The Road Magazine, at ontheroadmagazine.com.au. See more about us and this episode at adventuresontheroad.com.au with links to all the good stuff we've talked about and all our other episodes. You can listen and subscribe there too. So till next time, I'm Shane. Have a safe journey.